I'm pretty sure this this is live now. <laughs> okay, don't worry. We're still we're gonna one day nail this, but I think we're on the right track at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Um, Ken, what, what do you what do you got to share with us? Dude, you guys didn't invite me back for a long time. I think I know. Dude, listen. How about this? How about the first episode of our second season had Ken, and then how about this is it? This is the last episode of the second season. We end with Ken, and then we end forever. <laughs> end forever? Yeah. Oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> Um, I'm so sad. No, you, you you mentioned something funny and intriguing before you walked out the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell us about that. Can it's weird because, like, us? yeah, so, uh, of course, you guys know you, um, Courtney's sister has a bakery in Burbank. Right, Mallory. I've never, yeah, the yeah. only one I haven't met yet. Well, and, and Gavin. And <laughs> yeah, so, Dakota. So, so the thing is. Dakota? I don't know. What's your other brother's name? Well, I have two other brothers. Yeah, Gavin and. Brayden and Kieran. Who's Gavin? <laughs> I thought you had a brother named Gavin. There's no I'm Gavin. One, I'm one of six kids. I'm pretty sure there's no Gavin. So you've met my mom and you've met Fiona. Yeah. You have not met Kieran, Gavin, Braden, or okay, Mallory. Okay, so you have a brother named Gavin. That's the yes. main thing. Oh, okay. there is a Gavin. There is, yes, a Gavin. there is a Gavin. I didn't make this up. I'm not a crazy person, usually. <laughs> Most of the time. Yeah, so, so I went up to the bakery with my sister, so we picked up some... Right. Oh yeah, I remember you were like really some trying to get goods. some baked goods. Yeah. So I brought my sister along, yeah. and then uh, like she 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 met Courtney for the first time. Yeah. Um, then subsequent weeks, my sister would just bring up, "Hey, how's how's your uh, how's your uh, friend doing? The the really pretty one." <laughs> <laughs> I just response. Uh, my response is like, "Oh, you mean Courtney? Oh yeah, we used to be married at one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I tell everybody. No, because because she get confused by that." No, she doesn't get confused by anything anymore. <laughs> Wait, me. I'm not sure I follow. So who was married to who? Ken and I were married. Oh, so, okay, okay. Back in high school, in order to fundraise, they used to take, like, pictures of us during Valentine's Day, and mm-hmm. people stand under, like, this kind of wedding yeah, awning. People, people do a lot of weird shit in high school. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and really, when you, look at, when you look back on it, you really have to think, man, the kind of shit that people do normally in high school that you think is normal is really kind of weird. For example, uh, every couple months... They turn the school, or, or no, not that they turn the school. Every couple months, the school hosts a club. I mean, really think about that for a second. The school hosts a club every couple months, right? These dances, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they auction off seniors and stuff like that to like mm-hmm. raise money for. I don't know, just some weird shit. At I don't schools. think we ever had an auction at our high school. No, did we? I don't think we did. I don't think our high school was cool enough for that. Yeah, we, we didn't <laughs> like the fact of legal prostitution. I did do that in college, though. I raised a lot of money. Yeah, yeah oh, wow. I, I, I auctioned that. myself off. I auctioned myself off, too. I was very surprised that I did make like the second most amount of money, oh, nice. which is pretty good. But I, 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 don't, I think it was more out of the comedy factor and less out of the hotness <laughs> factor. I don't think the women bought me because like, oh, yeah, yeah, take it off. No, it was it was more like I'm going to make him do weird stuff and then yeah. laugh. Noosh, I got bought by my guy friend. Oh. And, and and you know he was so nice about it too. He he like gave like a lot of money, but he got like another lady to like bid on me. So I actually thought, oh, cool, that that, that attractive white lady likes me. <laughs> no, it wasn't an attractive white lady. <laughs> that was sad. <laughs> well, go on. You're you're talking about high school. You were married at some point. Yeah, some... I was married to uh, Courtney. Yeah. Yes, we were married. Never went anywhere though. <laughs> I think marriage is overrated. I, I... Wait, hold on. So this was just like a joke, like a joke. No, thing? it was a Valentine's Day thing. Valentine's we, Day thing. I mean, we got married. I know. Yeah. Um, I then, had a marriage. In high I mean, school they too. did it again for I forget what year. I think it was our senior year, and by that time, they were now offering um, divorces. <laughs> so you can get married, and then you can walk across the way the lawn and get a divorce. 
So yeah. that that's a good indication for our generation on our view of marriage. <laughs> Just get married and then get divorced. You know what? None of our none of us are divorced yet. So pretty good, right? <laughs> We're not a Ross yet, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of our one of my friends in high school, he got some kind of like a, and I, I'm, it's like a print out online registrar priest license, so he can like marry people. Oh, ordained minister. <laughs> yeah, and so ordained minister, and so he got one of those things online, and so he just we thought oh, we should host a marriage ceremony in drama class and so <laughs> me and this one girl got married we had rings we exchanged rings a friend of ours gave her away oh my god and uh everything actually when she and i had like a we, we had like a little thing going on for a while but then yeah. when we broke off that thing i actually dude this is how stupidly dramatic sometimes high school is i gave her back the ring like i don't need this anymore <laughs> that's pretty pretty bad i'm actually kind of really embarrassed by that <laughs> Oh, okay, look, finish the story. What was this, this Courtney's sister? Your sister is like really into Courtney now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Where's that pretty girl? It's like, Courtney? And, and, and like, she keeps asking me this question on a weekly basis. Like, like, I haven't talked to her. Like, my sister does that. I talk to her and I'm like, and she tells me stories about, hey, you know when this happened? It's like, yeah, I told you that new story. <laughs> hey, do you know when blah, blah, blah? Like, she, like, like a, like someone that has like no recollection of anything. She asked me on a regular basis, hey, who's that? where's that cute girl and stuff like that. Huh. Interesting. I think she's in love with you. You know what? By the way, I, I, we need to let her know Courtney's not a lesbian because clearly <laughs> well, that rumor has spread too far if your sister. <laughs> now. Did you spread that rumor? <laughs> I mean, clearly I did because I'm the one who brought it up all those No, times. you start all the weird rumors. Yeah. <laughs> like you start like stuff that I've like I can't imagine how you like put two and two together like because remember was there anything like, else that there I... was a lot but I don't want to talk about it <laughs> okay <laughs> there's okay. a lot you make up a lot of stuff in your it's head it's because yeah I, I, I do I jump to conclusions and then I assume it must be real okay let me tell you one thing that's happening so one thing is that like uh, basically I'll be as vague as possible okay so, <laughs> <laughs> some girl you're is, really good at that <laughs> yeah some girl is text messaging me right mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm here's the thing i had this overwhelming suspicion like what if what if it's really like some guy pretending to be some girl <laughs> like i'm really paranoid about that right now do you actually have any basis for this no delusion? i don't okay. but i'm just really thinking <laughs> it, you know i don't know like i okay wait wait have you had physical contact with this person like in you know years oh. in years i haven't they messaged okay, me but, out of nowhere but you do know this person like in yeah, real yeah. life in real like life, you I, didn't meet the person online right or no no, no. Like i met that. them in real okay. life just a long time ago well if i mean if you've known her in the past i doubt that it's just some random dude messing with you i know but what if <laughs> dude that's like the I weird mean, there what? is a possibility i guess <laughs> i guess no but. i have a weird thing too and this is kind of like pg-13 okay when I first, like, hang out with a girl, like, it's all cool and stuff, but if we start getting, like, intimate and stuff like that, like, I sleep over at her place. I ha- I always have this weird fear that um that she's going to murder me in the middle of the night. <laughs> that is, I mean, listen, coming from, coming from Noosh, that's a valid fear. I'm always Dude, like, because you don't know, like, don't who's know. a murderer and stuff exactly. like that. Oh, I was going to say, I can say that, too, because I love true crime stories, and actually I fall asleep 
to the ID channel, which is the investigation yeah. discovery oh, man, channel. That's a, that, that and channel just, makes you that's paranoid. like full of that. But I mean, like I just I love that stuff. So, but now it's just I'm always my mind. Like I talked to my friend out of going to meet this random lady for a supposed job interview because I'm like, it sounds like she's baiting you, and like you're mm. gonna get murdered, so you should not go. Yeah. <laughs> so I totally feel you guys on that one. By the way, this whole Facebook Live thing, you've never pointed at anybody but me, pretty much. I know. Time. I've Have been you? going back and forth. Oh, okay, okay, good. good. <laughs> I was like, no, she pointed at me for the longest time. Okay. <laughs> you didn't point at yourself, though. Is that Mr. No, I'm good. Yeah, um, whatever, Mr. Narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get started with the episode. Uh, as you can notice, Facebook fam, Ryan is not in the seat, so he is far, far away. We should Dad. put like a hat there or we should something. Put a picture of Ryan there. Actually, a picture we should get a picture hat. of Ryan and put Ryan there because, for all we know, Ryan. This is going to be a regular thing, pretty much. Yeah. Well, he did join us briefly in some comments. He did say that uh, this is Ryan's ghost, Cincinnati Freedom. Um, I don't know what that last part means. but yeah. He's dead. <laughs> uh, but he yeah. did say that he's haunting the show. Good, good. He's, I hope he haunts the He's show. dead, or at least dead to you, Noosh. Uh, no, he's, he's never dead to me. If yeah. he, listen, if, it's if, like your BFF. If Ryan crossed over, then I would be obligated to cross over. <laughs> you know that whole thing where like when like a king gets buried, like 12 or 100 of his followers must bury themselves alive with <laughs> the king? It's kind of like that with me and Ryan. Oh, something like that. If you guys watch like that, there's like this particular simpsons like clip where mr burns said that he's got like smithers. his mausoleum smithers <laughs> and, like burying <laughs> smithers alive and he has this like yeah. weird look yeah he actually had smithers look as if he was terrified terrified burying alive yeah. it's like yeah this that kind of thing <laughs> all right well hey guys so let's go ahead and start the show welcome to another episode of whatever this show is <laughs> here, we, here we go let's go crazy We're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I didn't know. It re- I never had that happen. Um, oh. Yeah, we are definitely back. Okay, so I was going to say, it, go- it feels good to be back, doesn't it? <laughs> I think that was a good good start. Yeah. Good start to coming back. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, the last, just so the, our fans know what happened, uh, the two weeks ago, Ryan had some scheduling issues. He wasn't able to come in that day. So we just canceled the episode. I think if you tuned in, you heard me playing like random music. I just did nothing that day. Um, last <laughs> week was spring break, so the entire station was closed. So, you know, we didn't do a show. So we are back. We will do our best to be as consistent as possible. <laughs> I, I promise this. Listen, the first two seasons are always like us trying to get it right. Yeah. Third season, we're going to knock it out of the park. <laughs> we have a whole summer to plan. We're going to like nail it. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Like, imagine my Trump voice or something. Like, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. Oh, God, don't say that. Please don't say that. I'm going to, like, jump out the window if you say that. I can't How many episodes are left in this season? Uh, We have six more weeks. So six more episodes at least. Uh, But but because of Ryan's scheduling stuff, I don't want to, like, some of the the best topics that we have in mind, 
I want to save those for when we right, know. We yeah. So we'll do what we can till then. So, <laughs> by the way. Dude, so what you just told people right now is like, it's going to be crap for next six weeks. Well, not crap. It's just, it just <laughs> our like star stuff. We need Ryan for that. So, yeah. by the way, so really quick. Uh, welcome to another episode of A Day Without Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Danushka Kumara Singha. Might be a few days without Ryan. <laughs> I'm Courtney. Uh, and uh, our guest today is our, our regular guest. Ken. Yeah, Mr. Ken. And so, I mean, just for the game, for the game part, I have one of those. Okay. So, uh, well, Ryan's not here, but if Ryan were here and if this was lost, do okay. we do lost already? No, I don't do. think so. Yeah. If, if this is lost, Ryan would definitely be Sawyer with all of his oh, quips yeah, yeah. and all of Sawyer. his witty, witty banter, witty and jokes. And women. And w- women. <laughs> um, I would be Hugo. I would, I Hugo. feel like I would totally, <laughs> totally be Hugo, dude. Totally, dude. Totally. <laughs> Uh, Courtney, I feel like you'd definitely be Juliet. Ju- you'd be the Juliet of the of the show. To remind me, so I I start I did start to watch Lost. My uncle got me into it, mm-hmm. and then I forget which season I left off on. Juliet was but... like season four, I think. Um, she was the like she was one of the later characters introduced. She's a doctor. She's like a very pretty no nonsense, straightforward. Okay. Am I no nonsense? No, not. Well, you're you're, you're pretty nonsense, but like you are okay. the. Juliet's the smartest person on the island, oh, clearly. Okay. So that's what it is. <laughs> All you know? right, gotcha. Listen, uh, until I get my PhD one day and, uh. and outrank you in terms of that, <laughs> uh, you will be the smart person okay. on the show. Okay, well, well, we can go with that. <laughs> and uh, Ken, you would be, and you tell me if you got to up to this character, uh, Ken, you'd be the Desmond of the show. I love Desmond. I, I love Desmond, too. <laughs> I, I love... thought you were going to say Locke. I was like, no. No, no, no. You're, you're totally the Desmond of the show. Yeah. He has nice hair. Yeah, he does. Oh, no, so no, not as nice as Sawyer, though. Nah, nah, Desmond has way nicer hair, and his hair is closer to yours, too. Uh, yeah. So nobody's the main guy? No, 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 nobody's. Maybe Ryan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan is Locke. He's Jack. He's Sawyer. He's just an amalgamation <laughs> of all of them. Yeah. Um, so on today's topic for the episode is escapes. We are talking about escapes today. Um have you guys done an escape? Oh, no, you said, yeah, you've done, you've done an escape room before. I've done escape rooms. I had escape, like, scenarios where I've had, like, I've done stuff. You know, you know I'm a prank person. Like, if we do a yeah. prank episode, I would talk about my pranks. But I, I've done a prank one. I mean, like, one of the escape pranks I had to do was um, I printed out. I went to the teacher's lounge to print out a bunch of flyers denouncing ASB as a corrupt organization. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, those flyers, I plastered them all over school, including all over the ASB's front door. They <laughs> tore it down, and then I plastered it again. But, but I need to make photocopies, obviously. Yeah, obviously. So I went to the teacher's lounge. Again, you know, without any permission, I just kind of put it there. I photocopied. There's teachers there, and they just didn't suspect what I was doing. They were like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just making some copies for you know, XYZ teacher. I, I don't remember who. <laughs> I, I was making copies, and I made, like, a bunch. And the thing is, I can't let anybody see it, so yeah. I just shoved it under my shirt. Oh, then, that's, that's not being obvious. And then I just walked out, and it was, like, the most – I felt like I was, like, on prison break or something. <laughs> By the way, the reason we're doing Escape this week, I like to think, is because there's a new season of Prison Break mm. out. And, you know – did you watch Prison Break? Oh, yeah. I, I watch it because I know – I mean, listen – I mean, I, I didn't go into it thinking this, but I continued watching every season because of how bad and good it was at the same time. Yeah. It was so bad, it's so good. <laughs> it was one of those shows. Like, you're thinking things. there's no way these 
five guys could be in this different prison doing the same thing uh, season there, after season. I, I, I really wondered how is it that they keep getting sent to prison? And also, <laughs> how is it that they still have a story? It really should have been a two-season show. It's just the prison and then the fugitive season. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all it should have been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, these days it's always you know stretching it out and yeah. making it go beyond its I mean, time. They, they went into this whole thing where there was like a conspiracy. They brought back an entire. T- basically, they went fast and furious. Basically, that's what, you, that's what you do. You make it go fast and furious where all the criminals, all the cops, they come together and work together as, a, as like a <laughs> elite unit to bring down uh, some like corrupt government or corrupt you're organization. Fast and the Furious Five Hundred, the fight yeah. against aliens. Oh my gosh, that'd be <laughs> glorious. I, I really think they. You think they reboot it because there's nothing at. What else did they pop? Fast and the Furious? Of course they will. Why wouldn't they? Fast and the Furious exists purely on the willpower and charm of Vin Diesel. That is literally (laughs) the only thing keeping that series going. Well, it was, I think, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. And now that Paul Walker is gone, Right, it's just Vin. And we'll actually The Rock also, as long as they can afford The Rock. I will tell you, I have never seen one Fast and the Furious movie. I've seen parts of ones. I can't tell you which ones I've seen. But I have not sat through an entire movie of it. Listen, we need to talk about escapes, but I want to say this. Let me tell you guys why I love Fast and Furious so much. And I feel like, Ken, I've talked to you about this before. I didn't care about Fast and the Furious. I watched the first one when I was like 12 years old. Mm. It was 2000 or 99 or whatever. And uh, and then I never watched any of the others because of the fact that I saw the trailer for Fast and Furious 2 with Paul Walker and Tyrese saying, bruh, what up, bruh? Hey, bruh. <laughs> saw bruh. Oh, God. I was like, what is this? Paul Walker, you have no right to say Brett. What is this? <laughs> it was terrible. And so I, I, I was not interested. But then something really interesting happened. It was up to Fast and the Furious 5. That one just came out. 6 was coming out. Yeah. So this is like 10 years later. Yeah. And I read an article somebody wrote. It was not like a Reddit article. And basically what this person said is that Fast and the Furious is the greatest or the best Dungeons and Dragons movie ever made. <laughs> what? And it was brilliant. Have I talked to you about this, Ken? No, you oh didn't tell gosh. me about okay, this. Okay, imagine this. Okay, basically, um, the reason why it's the best is because, first of all, you need to know this. Vin Diesel is a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan. Okay. Um, hold on. Fascinating. I, I got to find the quote. Uh, hold <laughs> on. So Vin Diesel is the best. Oh, sorry. The, the um, He is a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan to the point where that uh, for like one of the later editions of the book that came out in like 2012, he wrote the like introduction page. Oh, wow. He wrote that whole thing. And the director of Fast and the Furious 4, 5, and 6, mm-hmm. uh, Justin Lin, he's a huge fan also. Fast and the Furious 4 was a relaunch kind of for the series, right? Because okay. 2 didn't have Vin Diesel. 3 didn't have anybody. Mm-hmm. 4 was Vin Diesel and Paul Walker coming back. And okay. so when Justin Lin came back on to do that you know, fourth movie... Him and Vin Diesel talked about kind of approaching it with more of like a like a Dungeons and Dragons feel to it. Um, and the thing is this, Vin Diesel has done movies with a Dungeons and Dragons feel to it because that was part of the whole reason why he did the Pitch Black series. He mm. wanted to world build that kind of environment. And when you think about Pitch Black, it kind of is like a Dungeons and Dragons fantasy sci-fi mm. kind of thing going on, okay. you know? So this article I read basically was describing how why Fast and the Furious is such a great Dungeons and Dragons movie is because... All the other Dungeons and Dragons movies, the ones with dragons and swords and dwarves, mm. Mm. they failed because all they did was do cargo cult stuff. They focused on just the trappings of Dungeons and Dragons. But what Fast and the Furious did is it tapped into why people play Dungeons and Dragons. And the idea is that Dungeons and Dragons is about hanging out with your friends, 
doing cool stuff yeah. while you continue to grow in level and skill and mm-hmm. gameplay. And basically, he said that like the art, the guy who wrote the article was talking about how he was floored because he watched Fast and Furious Five and then watched the other ones, and he realized, whoa, it's crazy because Fast and Furious One has yeah, like it's it's so low key compared to Five. Yeah, Fast and Furious One has like cool ass cars, but they just drive in straight lines. They don't do anything. Yeah, and it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, where like your items in the beginning don't really do anything. They just kind of like our items. But by the time you get to Fast and Furious 5, where you have, like, Dom and Paul Walker, like, level 50, level 70, you know, <laughs> characters, they've got, like, cool stuff yeah. that, like, does cool stuff. And another thing, example he gave, the, the way this guy described in the articles, he said, in the Fast and the Furious, the cars are super important, but they don't really do much. They drive exclusively in straight lines, often badly, because these are just plus two cars compared to the plus five <laughs> oh Vorpal God. Holy Avenger cars <laughs> we get later. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, then he said also, that, like, in Dungeons & Dragons, items define the character. You can't describe who your character is without talking about the items. Okay. And one of the things he says is in Fast and Furious 4, the character Letty, who got amnesia, okay. <laughs> she remembers who she is when she gets behind the wheel of her car and races Dom. Like, that's mm-hmm. when – so that's also a part of Dungeons & Dragons. Like, your items are a part of who you are. Yeah. And – and he says, this is right. This is how you play Dungeons and Dragons. You play with friends. You build your characters up over time. You have adventures together. And the idea is you do cooler and cooler stuff together. Like, for example, when Dominic Toretto in Fast and the Furious 4 did his Superman jump where he drives a car. Letty's car goes off a cliff or like yeah. a bridge. He drives his car off. It's so outrageous. <laughs> he drives his car off like the bridge. He jumps out of the car, catches her midair, and then they survive because the car breaks. <laughs> she even says, how did you know the car would break our fall? And, and he, you know, he didn't, of course. Yeah. But the thing is, the, the article writer, he said, like, that's the thing, though. Like, they're not really talking about cars. They're, it, it's like tapping into the idea of in Dungeons & Dragons. That's what you do. You take huge risks, huge gambles, and you roll criticals, you know? Like, it's that okay. idea. Another thing he taps into, I'm sorry I'm going on about this, but this is, <laughs> listen, when I was reading this article, I was like, holy shit, this is brilliant. Yeah. One of the things episode. is in yeah. Fast and the Furious 6, if you remember the plot, the team, right, Tyrese and Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, the whole crew, yeah. they have to take on a crew of international thieves that are basically, and they describe them as like mirror doubles. Like they're like the evil doppelgangers of the crew. Yeah. And these guys, though, are totally different than Dom's crew. Dom is all about family. Like, literally, in this thing, he even said Dom would be a, like, psionic character whose power word is family. Because when he says family, like, he gets, like, superpowers or something. Which is, like, the same line that he said when he voiced uh, Iron Giant. Yeah. Family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Basically, like the other crew, they're like gamers. They're like min max gamers who like roll to like get the best equipment. They don't care if a one character dies because yeah. you know what? It doesn't matter. Roll a new character. It's all about the game. Like that's their view, but that's not Dungeons and Dragons. Like Dungeons and Dragons is how Dom and them approach the game, which is about family, which is about friends. Yeah. So anyway, I mean. You can read the articles. Seriously, just look for Fast and the Furious Dungeons and Dragons, and you'll find it. And this guy, like, yeah, describes how it really is the best because it just taps into the reasons mm. people play that play that game. And and it, also um, uh, another thing to point out is Paul Walker and Vin Diesel have actually on interviews they've said that they really wish they weren't working so much and acting so much as often as they do because. 
they really wish they just had time to go play some D&D, play yeah. some World of Warcraft. Like, they love playing together. Uh, in fact, Finn Diesel said part of the, what kept him going in the early years when he was just a bouncer trying to get into acting was he'd do his bouncing job and he'd go home and just play D&D with his friends. Like, that was what kept him going yeah. all those years. Interesting. So, yeah. I mean, anyway, I, after I read that article, I was like, oh, my gosh, Fast and Furious <laughs> is incredible. And I watched the series and I love it. Like, I absolutely adore the series because of that. I think it's outrageous. I think it's stupid. I think it's yeah. ridiculous. But I love it so much because of that. Also, I kind of quote Dom Toretto a lot, <laughs> especially especially the whole, like, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an inch or a mile winnings winning oh my god or or you know or you know you know what your problem is you still think you're in america this is brazil oh my god <laughs> oh, okay all right enough about fast and furious let's get into our topic which is escapes, escapes. okay yes so all right let's i'll start us off okay okay so this actually I'm gonna start off with my no. I'll start off with Ryan's story. Okay. Ryan's story. This is Ryan's story. This is not mine. This is Ryan's show in this memory. Is, in memory, this is in memory of, him, of Ryan. So, so this is something Ryan wanted me to share with you guys before his demise. Wow, well, <laughs> I was gonna say incident. His issue is uh, yeah. events. Um, anyway, so this story is called Cincinnati Freedom. Ah, so you know that, the story. No, I'm putting that. It'll make sense because of his comment, his haunting comment. Mm-hmm. So. On February 2002, moments before being slaughtered, <laughs> it, <laughs> it starts, starts to a story. Wow. Yes, it starts pretty stark. Uh, moments before being slaughtered, a cow at Ken Myers Meat Slaughterhouse jumped a six-foot fence and escaped. Right, I love starting with that because that first sentence is like, wait, what? There's like so exactly. much going on. Yes. So moments before being slaughtered, it was in line to be slaughtered. Yeah. Uh, a cow jumped a six-foot fence at a slaughterhouse <laughs> and escaped. Good for him. Just let him <laughs> her. go. Her. Yeah, so her. Let her go. Uh, she, <laughs> she eluded traps and tranquilizer darts from the SPCA and the police. Nice. For 11 days. They couldn't hit her. She was too fast. She <laughs> hid too well. She was a dude, fugitive on the run. Just let her go. She deserves it. <laughs> she earned it. <laughs> exactly. She, dude, I mean, actually, she earned it purely based on that six-foot j- exactly, wall Exactly, just jumped. doing that. I can't even jump two feet. Exactly. <laughs> I'd say just let her go. And she's on four feet, and she doesn't have thumbs. <laughs> Anyway, um, they couldn't catch her yet. They couldn't even find her at times. She became the subject of several news reports, and she captured the imagination of the public due to her refusal to be slaughtered. Like, she would not be killed. No! (laughs) Um, The mayor, while she was missing, the mayor of Cincinnati, Charlie Lucan, pledged pledged to give her the key to the city. Uh, Actually, as a result of that, she got the nickname Charlene Mookin. Like Mookin. Yeah. Charlene Mookin. Um, she was captured 11 days later after her escape. Mm-hmm. However, she was no longer eligible for slaughter due to her fame because. Yeah, you can't. I mean, like, she, people loved her. Exactly. Animal rights activists were like, hey, she's aware she was going to die and yeah. she tried to escape to save her own life. And plus, life. you named her Charlotte yeah, Mookin. Yeah, you can't kill her. Once you name right. her, it doesn't work. So, um, many facilities, including the Cincinnati Zoo, declined to house her nobody wanted to take care of her primarily for many reasons but one of the big reasons was they cited she may not be possible to contain (laughs) 
She's just too free. <laughs> too free. She, yeah. Her spirit is wild. <laughs> so uh, she was adopted on March 2002 uh, by artist Peter Max. And apparently he is actually a famous uh, artist. I, okay. I've never heard of him, but he's famous. Uh, so he, she was adopted. He paid $180,000 in paintings. So he donated the paintings to the SPCA for their next auction. Yeah. He named the cow Cincinnati Freedom because yeah. of the town or the city she escaped from um, and, you know, freedom. Yeah. And uh, the cow was, in fact, given the key to the city <laughs> by the mayor. What is a cow going to do with the key to the city? I mean, you pointed out she doesn't even have thumbs. Well, I mean, <laughs> actually, even if even if an, a human being had the key to the city, they well, still could It's just a symbol, it's I symbol, know. It's a symbol, yeah. But, but, I, yeah. I, I got that. I was just trying to... Yeah. Never mind. Now I want to see how this cow looks like. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find out. She's I like a like, um, pure white cow. Just, I feel like a children's series should be written with starring her and like her adventures that she goes on. Yeah. You know, Charlotte, all, all, Charlotte all her, Mookin. All her friends she yeah. makes. Cincinnati she, she befriends a, a mouse from the countryside exactly. who's just trying to find uh, his family. <laughs> maybe and She goes on adventures to free other animals yeah. from the slaughterhouse. Oh my gosh, like, yes. She creates a whole escape from the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Like This is a total children's book series. Um, so she did find a permanent home. Um, she went to the Farm Sanctuaries New York shelter, so she was brought there um, on April 2002. She spent the rest of her life there, mm. and uh, in regard to how she died, um, she eventually developed spinal cancer, which Aww. is incurable in cows. Yeah. Um, and actually, it was a really sweet thing because her her herd at the farm was very loving towards her. Like, they were licking her. They stayed by mm-hmm. her side as she laid there. Um, there were other cow escapees that were with her. <laughs> and her two closest friends, Queenie and Annie Dodge, were also cow okay. runaways. Nice. Um, but, yeah, she was euthanized on December 29th, 2008. Aww. So, but it sounds like she created a whole movement. Movement. <laughs> right. That's one, cute, that's one cute cow. Oh, it's like a tu- a it has a tuft of hair on top. Aww. Oh. We'll have to post a picture of uh, yeah, we will. of Cincinnati Freedom. But yeah, anyway, that was that's the story Ryan wanted to share, the story of Cincinnati <laughs> that's Freedom. That's pretty good. That's yeah. a pretty good story. Yeah. Um what have you what have you got for us? Oh, okay. Yeah. That, um, that was a very short story. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was trying to avoid prison escapes because it seems just so... Oh my so... gosh. It's really funny though. If, if you did successfully do that, the thing is, that means none of us did prison escapes. For a, a show about escapes, we well, because saw... because it's just stereotypical yeah. to do a prison escape. We should do another escape episode someday and actually do some prison escapes because there are yeah. some crazy There are some ones. I mean, the one escapes. that you would always think of is the Alcatraz one, which they right, made the into a movie escape. and everything. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. that's The Great Escape is um, from World War II. Alcatraz is the escape from Alcatraz. Oh, okay. I mean, well, I, I um, there, there's some that I think some people haven't heard of. Like, one of my favorites has to do with helicopters. Actually, it's a serial helicopter fugitive. <laughs> so that is, I mean, imagine a guy who does that. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, that's we'll, cool. we'll do that in another episode. Yeah, no, there's, yeah. there's a couple of different ones. Like, I was reading um, one that was a bunch, oh, the five greatest um, slave escapes, how slaves were escaping to right. go to freedom. And there were some pretty crazy ones. Like, they were being very inventive. But what I ended up going with was um, I found these two stories that I thought were really good. Of um, Actually, they ended up all being British pilots that escaped from uh, POW camps um, in World War II um, okay. when they were captured. Um, so the first one um, involves British flight lieutenant pilots um, Oliver Philpott and Eric Williams, and then also a British soldier named Richard Codner. Um, 
Philpott and Williams were shot down and they were brought to the prison camp. They, uh, they're not sure on how Codner got there, but the point is he was there. Um, he was on vacation. He, he just, was, yeah, he just he wanted. Was, well, one thing that said it was like, um, one thing that I read, they're like, well, he, they think that maybe he even wanted to get captured just to have the thing to say that we escaped. Because he made mm. some comment later, I guess, in an interview or something that doing that escape like made him feel alive like you don't feel alive until you're hunted like so the adrenaline rush really got to him so he might have gotten captured on purpose just to be able to create that escape uh, um, there's, there's a lot, so. of, lot of a lot of better ways to get your rush <laughs> Cod, codner exactly um so they were brought to the nazi prison camp it was um it called stalag luft three um and it's southeast of berlin so it's like in the heart almost in the heart right. of, of japan of germany um, and so this is a pretty, they, the way they set up the camp, it, they really were, is hard to escape. So some of the things that they, they set up to make sure that people don't escape was one, the barracks were raised 24 inches off of the ground. So the, um, the guards could be able to see if they're tunneling anything. Oh, okay. Um, and then. Dang, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's really, I mean, that's a really <laughs> simple but effective. Yep. Like, huh. So there is that. Um, the subsoil was very sandy, so even if they um, were able to, well, that goes with it too, but um, even if they were to dig tunnels, it was very loose and collapsible sand, so it would be hard to keep the tunnels up mm. so they can get through. And then also, the sand was bright yellow, so they would notice if all of a sudden the darker gray underneath the soil is coming up to the top because the main part so of it is yellow. So it's like layered sand. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean, that's the stuff pretty much made it hard for them to do it. Um, so in October 1943, in the East Compound, what these three soldiers did was they created a gym vaulting horse. And so, you know, the, like the pummel horse, you know, so they created that. They did it out of um, uh, plywood that they got from Red Cross packages. And what they did was this is like a modern day Trojan horse type of thing. So wait, wait, the pummel horse is way too small for people to hide in, right? But they did hide in it. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So it was designed to hide um, men. One to two men would fit inside of it, tools and containers for the sand. And what they – oh, the other thing that would also, um, I forgot to say, that deterred people from tunneling was that they set up seismographic um, microphones around the perimeter. Oh, wow. So it would be able to pick up sound. Right. So if anyone digging, right? So – pretty impossible Intense. to try yeah. to get out of this place so what they do is they created this pummel horse one to two men they would take shifts and they would be in it and soldiers would bring the pummel horse out each day into the yard and put it close to the perimeter of the fence and they would actually be practicing gymnastics while the men inside would be tunneling and so the men practicing gymnastics would be making a lot of noise they wouldn't really hear Wait, the digging uh, the pommel horse rests on the ground then because usually from what I've seen, they're elevated. Yeah, I know. I'm not quite sure how that worked exactly, but okay. this is what they did. Okay. So, I, I, yeah, I was a little confused about that, too, but I didn't find anything to I – mean, somehow it worked. Right. So, um, and, yeah, the they actually practiced gymnastics to disguise the sounds of digging and everything. And then um, at the end of the day, they would place a wooden board over the tunnel, and then they would uh, move the soil around and just make it look like it was normal, and they'd bring the pummel horse back in, and the guards would be walking right over their tunnel. You know, we didn't even, you know, know what was going on. Um, so this took three months to do. They dug over 100 feet of the tunnel, and the, the shovels that they used were bowls. That's what they used to, to dig it. 
Um, and then on October 19th, they made their escape. Uh, Williams and Codner uh, stowed away on a Danish ship and went back to Britain. Philpott uh, posed as a, Nor- a Norwegian and uh, got on a uh, train and then went on a Swedish ship to Stockholm, and then he made his way back to Britain. Wait, um, why didn't he go with the other guys? I, maybe just You know what? Honestly, maybe it's just Codner. Oh, no, that was <laughs> Philpott who did that. Codner yeah, went straight yeah, to Britain. Yeah. Well, because probably Codner got his fix. Maybe there's so many, you know, they didn't want to be draw attention to themselves. I so, see. you know, just kind of split up the party would be my guess. So um, they each wrote their own book or and it, there actually was a movie. So um, Williams wrote a book called Goon in the Black. It was later changed to The Wooden Horse. And then um, Stolen Journey was written by Philpott. And then there was a 1950 film called The Wooden Horse. So if you guys want to huh. see more about it. <laughs> but I'm just like, they took a page right out of the Trojan War. Like, they just created a Trojan yeah. horse. So I thought that was pretty cool. It's interesting because there, there's a lot of escape stories from World War II. Yeah. Yeah, there I are. mean, there, well, there's a lot of reason to escape during World yeah. War II. <laughs> well, there, there's also a very good story I was, um, that's kind of like that. That that um, It was after World War II about the Cold War. So in East Germany, they, oh, well, yeah. you know, they kind of, of split Berlin. off. Yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of this movie. It's, um, what's it called? Night Cro- I think it's called Night Crossing. It's, it's, it's a pretty good movie. I, and it's I've pretty, heard um, of it. So it's about yeah. two, two men in East Germany that decided to build a hot air balloon <laughs> in communist East Germany yeah. <laughs> yeah. and actually flew it out of East Germany somehow. Nice. Yeah. There's a, there's a story about a, a guy who built a plane um, he basically got the parts. He, he lived in East Germany. He mm-hmm. built the parts, and um, he built a plane. He went to the park with the equipment, put it together. Like He built it in his house with the parts, yeah. brought it to a park, put it together, and then just flew over the wall before anybody could stop him. <laughs> the thing is this. His brother, like his two brothers, or like his brother and his friend were still there in East Germany. So what he did then was him and some other guy, um, they flew two planes over... Uh, the wall again to East yeah. Germany, but the reason they took f- two instead of one was they wanted to film this. <laughs> like they could have just taken one plane, yeah. got four guys inside, and took it back. But instead, they took two planes over. They painted it like the Russian colors of a Russian plane, so the guards don't realize what's happening. Yeah. As they came to land in East Germany, they realized the place they were going to land in a, a circus setup. Oh, nice. So they couldn't land. Like, oh no. So one of the planes, the camera plane, stayed in the sky. The one that was going to land to pick up the guys landed next to the circus. <laughs> the two guys were rescuing, got in, and then they flew. And, like, apparently, like, soldiers were like, what? Is, what's up with these planes? <laughs> but, the, like, by the time they realized what's happening, really going, they already yeah. got over. Yeah. But, hey, if, if the will is there and you really want to get out, you'll come up with all sorts of crazy things yeah. to, to get out of there. Is it bad to admit that my favorite kind of, like, escape movie is Chicken Run? <laughs> <laughs> well, Chicken Run like was chicken run. the analogy for escaping mm-hmm. from like a Nazi prison yeah. camp. Like yeah. it was that they were going to put him in the oven and make chicken pies. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny about that, and I don't know, maybe ironic, is that the main character is voiced by Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> huh. And Very his personal history there. <laughs> on this topic, <laughs> on this topic, something like you. Well, this whole conversation brought up something. If. Forget Lost for a second. What if we were the characters, since I know you watch now, if we were the characters from Prison Break, who would we each be? I want to propose, and this is between you and me, that okay. we have to decide because right. Courtney yeah, doesn't watch the show. I, I know Ryan doesn't watch the show, and he's not even here. <laughs> um, so I want to propose, I, I, I'm pretty sure I would be Schofield. Like, 
Like I'm 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 the master planner of this whole <laughs> setup. I'm I'm literally the 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 good looking guy. The, well, I I mean I that is uh, that's just an added perk I guess of being Schofield. Mm-hmm. But no, I the brains of this operation. <laughs> like not the academic brains, but like the I'm actually getting this show off the ground <laughs> brains of this operation. I think I'd be Schofield. As long as I'm not teabag because I don't want people to call well, me nobody teabag. Wants nobody to wants be to be called teabag. I cannot believe teabag has lived so long on that show you know it's weird just because he's like somewhat good somewhat bad but mostly bad but he's still alive he's a monster he's a monster he's he listen you know the (laughs) thing about show is that when they escaped the first season they had to like bring along a but and it was riveting stuff they had to bring along a bunch of like it was supposed to be the two brothers escaping right yeah Mm -hmm. one brother goes in to get the other one out but along the way, they had to make deals to bring other people out. Okay. And one of them was like this serial killer named Teabag, <laughs> Southern fried serial killer, basically. And um, he's a monster. He's, he's like really, the creepiest guy on the he show. He is a monster. Like well, just things, from that description, I wouldn't say Ken is Teabag. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say. Oh, I, I've never even suggested Ken no, is. I know, but he said he didn't yeah. want to be. So I would agree that you're not um, that one. I feel like... Well, well let's go to Ryan. Ryan... I think he would be. Uh, I, I think he'd be. Uh, what's his name? Lincoln. Yeah, he'd totally be Lincoln. Because you would go into prison and break him out. I, and he'd do the same for me. <laughs> he'd do the same for me. And also, you know, Lincoln is like the grounded one. Schofield's like, you know, he's. I'm gonna take down the yeah, establishment. He, he Schofield's the guy who's like, I'm gonna tattoo the prison map to my body. <laughs> Schofield's the one who's like, let's break out. You know, Lincoln's like, I'll serve my time. Um, so I think Ryan would be Lincoln. Okay. I think. I think you, Courtney, would be, um, oh, what's his name? What's his name, dude? Um, starts with a D, I think. Mah- not, not D, sorry, Mahone. Mahone. I feel like Mahone. she'd be Mahone. Mahone is this this guy who is, um, he's the cop who's chasing after Lincoln <laughs> and Schofield. He teams up with them later, okay. but he's like, he, I, I mean, listen, I, you're a Dragon Ball Z fan also, right? <laughs> listen, I don't, I'm bringing this into it. I don't know why I'm bringing this into it. Listen. Do you ever get the vibe when you're watching that show that that Mahone's basically Piccolo? Like he is the bad guy, kind unwilling. of unwilling bad guy who's kind of a good guy, but then becomes like an ally of them <laughs> later. I don't know. I just I just get the Mahone vibe from you. Okay. Mahone's smart also. Listen, every <laughs> single person that I ever pick for Courtney is always smart. They'll never be teabag. <laughs> Well, I guess that's a, a good thing. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I think my sister has competition. I think Noosh likes you. I, I guess. Dun, dun, dun. Of course, I like I like Courtney. Um, <laughs> the let me think for you. What, what do you think? Sucra. Sucra. Yeah. Because I'll... he's kind of nervous. Really loves his family, and he somehow just goes along with everything they do. Yeah, and also no matter what. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't want to jinx it, but I feel like Sucra never dies. Like Sucra is like the I other hope they don't brother. Kill him, huh? He's the other brother. Mm-hmm. You know? They all have really little buzzed hair. <laughs> yeah. It's weird, but they really don't have much hair on that show. Um, also, they all, I don't know, like the, the names they have are also kind of Mahone, Sucra, Lincoln, Schofield. Like, you know, these names. All right, all right. I have a question for you guys before yes. we go on. I have two stories. Should I do sad first and then kind of crazy? <laughs> or should, should I do crazy and then end with sad? Um, sad and then crazy. Sad then crazy. Here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> this is the story of Yuri the Pianist. That sounds kind of weird. Yuri the Pianist. I don't know what's... Oh, yeah. Yuri the Pianist. So Yuri 
was a classically trained pianist who studied at the St. Petersburg Conservatory. The year is 1986. It's April 26th. By the way, he studied in, in the 70s, but this, yeah. jump ahead. It's April 26th, 1986. He and his musical ballet troupe, I should also, I think it's kind of obvious though. <laughs> I should probably point out, St. Petersburg, he's, he's Russian. He's yeah. a Russian guy. Okay. He and his musical ballet troupe travel to a village called Pripyat for a performance. So they travel to this village in the outskirts for a performance. The kind of suspicious, funny thing about this whole thing was they were specifically hired by the government. The government mm-hmm. hired this ballet troupe yeah. to go to a small village in the countryside to do flags. a performance. There's a lot of red flags. This is <laughs> this is weird. Government, exactly. village. Exactly. What is <laughs> um, something that you should know about Pripyat? I think this is the point where it'll start to make sense. It's very okay. quickly. It'll make sense. It is very close to the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. <laughs> And it should also be known that, do you guys know when Chernobyl broke down and, you know? Was it? Broke down and, you know. Ni- it's no, late 80s, isn't it? Was it late 80s? I thought it was 90s. Specifically, it was April 26, 1986. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> oh, man. The, the, that day where they were called that village, Pripyat, yeah. was the day Chernobyl melt, melted down oh, and it was re- leaking radiation everywhere. Yeah. So Yuri's bus entered the military exclusion zone at a checkpoint called uh, Dityatki. And they didn't know what was going on. Nobody told them. They were hired to do this job, but nobody explained to them why they were hired or what was going on. But what, let me just ask, were they hired before that event already happened? Or the no. event happened and then they got, the, they got booked the same day? Yeah, they were booked the same day by the government. They, they, it, it happened that day like morning or something like that or it happened yeah earlier on and, and so their response is like oh let's put on a ballet show well there's a reason the government did it <laughs> i yeah, know you'll I'll, get to I'll it, get to but it. That's... yeah yeah but yeah it's it, it, well right i mean like the, I the, mean... listen in russia when nuclear power plant breaks <laughs> let's down do ballet. Do ballet. <laughs> <laughs> let's play uh. across the stage <laughs> um <laughs> that was the worst russian <laughs> that was pretty bad <laughs> So they got to the exclusion point. Nobody told them what was going on. But what the thing was, though, they saw military men wearing gas masks. By the way, gas masks don't do anything for radiation, but, you Doesn't. Know, it's, it's like a, a psychological... Yeah, you'd yeah. have a full hazmat mm-hmm. suit yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. But they had gas masks. But the military was not told about the situation. The people, the checkpoints, at least, they didn't know. Um, the people being hired to go in, the, the bus full of musicians and ballet dancers... They didn't know what was going on, so nobody knew what was going on. But they were just like, okay, yeah. this is really weird that they're wearing gas masks. Um, <laughs> Always a bad sign. Always yeah, a bad I, sign. Anyone wears gas masks. If I saw like, a gas mask, I'm like, turn this bus around. Yeah, go, go the other way. Um, so the government kept the situation hidden from the military mm. and these people. Um, so they neared the you know Chernobyl village, uh, Pripyat. Um, and here's the reason the government hired this ballet troupe. They wanted to keep the citizens that were near Chernobyl as calm as possible as they experienced nuclear radiation poisoning. Oh, yeah. uh, Basically, they, they can't let people get out. So they hired this troop to go in to entertain them while they basically died slow, agonizing that deaths. That is... And what's really messed up about that is these the ballet troupe from St. Petersburg is yeah. like, they're not, they're not going to be affected at all by this, but they were sent into their deaths, yeah, basically. Yeah, um so that that was messed up but anyway yeah. 
In a word. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when they got to Pripyat, um, they realized everybody was sick and dying. And it was then that they understood why the government hired them. Like, they fig- they put two and two together. Like, okay, yeah. everybody's sick and dying. We're probably here to, like, distract them or, yeah. you know, something like that. Um, many people thought the world – because everybody's cut off. Like, information was cut off. Nobody's getting in and out. Uh, many people at that time, at that place, in the exclusion zone – thought the world was ending like they thought that's what was happening like the yeah. whole world was ending everybody's getting sick and dying like it was happening everywhere no one was allowed to leave the quarantine zone uh and everyone became resigned to the fact that they will all die including the musicians they accepted the fact that we were sent here to die like we will yeah. not escape um the soldiers also knew that they were going to die the ones in the exclusion zone who actually knew what was going yeah. on they knew they this were is just die. A, a no-win situation yeah. so the performance. I mean, they still were sent in to do ballet. So the they, show must go on. The show must. Yeah, exactly. So they have to do ballet. Um, the ballet troupe knew they were the Walking Dead. Um, that's actually the term that the story that I got is from Yuri, and Yuri was there. So uh, that's how they. He describes it, like they knew they were yeah. the Walking Dead. Um, so they gave their, their the performance of their lives fearlessly. This is actually, it would not do any justice if I just described it. I will read Yuri's words as he described their final performance. Uh, He says, Allow me to describe our final performance at Pripyat. As the music played, the ballerina danced like never before. The passion in the music and her movements were legendary. She was a beautiful girl, dancing her final dance with love in her heart. She allowed her long flowing hair down, and it seemed to float mystically in the air. As the music crescendoed and she spun delicately around, her hair was falling away from her head. Gently, long golden strands of her hair floated to the floor as she danced. I saw the blood leaking from her nostrils and down her cheeks from her ears. The sparse crowd knew the face of death, and it was surely the final dance. The children ran to her with flowers from the meadow. Their hair and teeth had fallen out already. The petrol generator stalled, and for several moments we were in darkness. To my utter horror, I saw the flowers and the children glowing in the dark. Oh, my God. Um, That's... H- horrifying. Haunting. Yeah. I mean, actually, that description is is haunting. It is a haunting description yeah. of how he describes that. So after that performance, um, they were, you know... Uh, resigned or you know stay, they, they had to stay in their rooms they, they mm-hmm. were not allowed to out um that night yuri climbed out of the window where he was meant to die like he was meant to die in that room he climbed out of the window a soldier saw him and pointed a gun at him they made eye contact for a few moments silently neither spoke neither made a sound um just a few feet away like the soldier had the yeah. gun on him about to shoot him uh but they kind of like through their eye contact they came to an understanding The soldier lowered his carbine rifle silently. Yuri ran through an alley and hot-wired a car. He drove nonstop to the northwest along back roads. He avoided the military checkpoints. Uh, Along the way, he siphoned petrol from other vehicles during the night in order to have enough fuel to keep going. Uh, During his drive, he began to lose his vision due to the radiation. Um, He... He drove all the way out of the USSR out of fear of retaliation from the government. Um, and 
but literally by the time he made it to safety he had lost his vision like oh, he was going blind as he drove yeah um he lived out the rest of his life outside of the ussr but he was completely blind and he was the only survivor of that troop the ballet troop that's crazy yeah where did he end up living you know what the story didn't say where he ended up living so that i don't know it's just in secret yeah <laughs> but i mean that was that was intense that's pretty heavy yeah, yeah. that's pretty heavy stuff you have a palate cleanser after that <laughs> one that one's pretty brutal i, I have I, I have another one but do you have so, another story yeah i can tell you the yeah. other escape story i had um so this is about british fighter pilot doug bader again world war ii um so he was with the raf and they were fought during their maneuvers mm. or whatever and they spotted about 12 german planes in formation um and Bader, I guess, was known as kind of a daredevil, and he did a lot of crazy things. So he made some maneuver, and the end result was that he ended up getting shot down, and he went down. Goose. Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting is is that he was captured. The Germans, when they got him, they discovered that he had no legs. So did he? Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> he had no legs before the crash, or? Yeah, I'm gonna re- I'm gonna rewind a little okay. bit. But that's part of the thing. That's why the ger- I mean, I can only imagine the Germans are like what? What is this? <laughs> um, so he was tw- when he was 21 in December 1931. Um, I guess some of the other pilots they dared him to do something crazy, <laughs> and so when he came in for a landing, he did a low roll and he hit a, a wing on his way down. I'm sorry, he did like a barrel roll. I guess a, I don't. Okay, I can only imagine. I can only imagine exactly. I mean, it didn't go well. He ended up losing his legs. Unless plane can do somersaults forward i'm pretty <laughs> sure it had to be a barrel roll. okay so he so, barrel rolled too low yeah too low and he lost his legs um he wanted to stay on as a pilot and there weren't any rules with the raf saying that he couldn't be a pilot <laughs> there, wow. there ain't no so, rules as a pilot has to have legs exactly so um <laughs> he didn't need legs to fly <laughs> <laughs> so this happened in the 30s they did actually mm. retire him against his will um, but when World War II came up again, he basically like, no, I'm coming back and I'm going to be a pilot. Like, You're not going to put me on a desk. And so he was allowed to go back into the RAF. So now we go back to, so he's captured by the Germans. They see that he has no legs and they're actually fascinated by him. And they're very curious. About him. And even, within hours after his capture, they're talking to him. They're laughing. They even let him sit in um, a BF-109. And, I get, and Bader's just, I can only imagine Bader being like, Hey, so let me take her for a spin. And the German's like, no, no, no. So, you know, they were letting him sit in an airplane, just letting him mess around. Um, and they even went to go, when they found out that he lost his uh, fake legs from when he crashed right then, they actually went out to the crash site. They did find one of his legs. They brought it back. They fixed it up and they gave him that one. Then they contacted the British, told them that they had him and that he needs another leg. And so they arranged for a safe transport, and the British actually dropped off his other leg for the, him. The, the British didn't ask for him back. <laughs> no. And actually, I imagine... <laughs> Wait, dude. dude the, I mean, exactly. I, mean I, I feel like the British would have been like, well, we want... We want the guy back. <laughs> we, <laughs> They're like, no, we'll just give you the leg. <laughs> well, they did. So what they ended up doing was they dropped the leg off, and since they were... They were um, in the clear for a safe zone of fly, they create. They also um, finished a bomb run, so which the Germans weren't happy about that part. Wait, so they bombed someplace and then they dropped off. There's a, a leg. <laughs> yeah, because they were given clearance to go into that yeah. airspace, so they just you know killed two birds with one stone. Drop off a leg and Dude, bomb the, the other target. <laughs> it's a dick move, Britain. <laughs> so um, he did that, um, but then 
just because he got his legs back and the Germans were fascinated by Bader turned out to be a big pain in the ass and thorn in the side <laughs> of the Germans. So his first at, uh, attempted escape was while he was in the hospital. He climbed out a window using blankets. He was able to walk 100 miles before he was captured. Then he was brought back. Was um, he walking on one leg or crawling on? No, he had he had both legs at that time. Oh, oh right, right. Yeah. He dropped it. Remember, yeah, he, he dropped out the leg when they yeah. right. bombed him. <laughs> That's right. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. But yes. he's an amputee. He doesn't have legs. How does he walk? You can still walk. You can still walk legs. with thick oh, legs. Oh, it's it's from like the probably from the knee down. Knee yeah. down. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was like, gotcha. do you not remember Lieutenant Dan? <laughs> That's right. That's right. He's got magic legs. Of course. He got shot in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first one, um, and then there was. And he made several more attempts after that. And even eventually the Germans were like, hey, if you don't knock it off, we're going to take your legs away. Um, and he did not knock it off. He continued to do that. <laughs> so another um, time that he tried to escape, he um, was in his room and he he left. Uh, he was with him and like maybe I think three other soldiers. And uh, an, a German officer was actually coming to his room and it's... From the article I read, they're like, probably to get an autograph because Bader became really, you know, famous within the German officers and things like yeah. that. So when the officer came into the room and found that it was empty, he raised the alarms and everything. So everybody was able to go out. Um, they did end up finding him um, not too far. I think it was like three days later or something. They did find him and his crew and they brought him back again. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, I really wonder if they're even mad at this point. They're just like, oh, pretty funny. Bader. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Well, and then um, one of the other ones was so they finally moved him from the POW camp that he was at and they moved him to um, what was actually a castle. And that made it where that castle was. Um, it was really hard to escape, but he did it. Yeah. And I was reading, he was part of a group. <laughs> it was the airy, you know? It's a straight drop for all you much. Game of Thrones fans. Um, he was actually. Uh, what was it? He was part of a I'm group. So it was like the, the escape commission or something. Leave it to the British to create a commission for planning escapes. Um, and it wasn't him, but it was the person in charge of the commission. They're like, no, there, you cannot do your own tunnel. We're doing three tunnels. That is it. This is the only <laughs> way to escape. You can't go off on your own and do your own thing. We're all in this together. <laughs> wow, the British are really regulated like that. Yes. They follow their regulations, I guess. Um, so... Yeah, so he was, I think he was in the middle of trying to escape, but then it was uh, stopped because they were liberated by the Americans. Um, and he even said, like, you know, and they, he was brought to um, wherever the safe zone kind of was, and it was where some American planes were. And he's just like, just let me get in a plane. I still want to stick it to the Germans. You know, he still wanted to go after them and everything like that. Ah, after they're so nice so, to him. I know. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I, when I was reading this, I was just started cracking up because I'm like, this this guy, he's got some some balls. They, on they him. put him in a castle. <laughs> yeah. They put him in a castle. <laughs> was it like Castle Castle Wolfenstein? <laughs> <laughs> it was it a was it was it a cell with uh, no wall and a sheer drop. <laughs> if you fall yeah. asleep, you roll out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to know the name of the castle, it was Colditz Castle. Hmm. So yeah, and that um, that happened in April 1945 when it was liberated. Um, so yeah, and I just I just love the threat, like you know, knock it off, or we're gonna take away your legs. We're gonna take away your legs. I was like, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like a mafia kind yeah, of thing, right? but it's like, no, literally, we're gonna take it away. It's, yeah. You're not gonna have these wooden legs. We can't trust you. We can't trust you. Ah uh, man, that could have been a, a totally different story where he just kind of hung out with the Germans for the rest of the war. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he they, he they loved him. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, 
you know, this reminded me of, of why I think Prison Break... I, I think anybody who doesn't watch Prison Break all the way through can't appreciate... You, you have to actually not watch it. Struggle and push your way, survive your way through the entire series. You can't appreciate just the joke. The joke of... You know, basically, like, if I was to tell Ryan, like, Ryan, like, if you were in prison, I would get tattooed and I would go into that prison and get you out. <laughs> or like, you know, if I or if I get into prison, he'll... Basically the idea of like a dude who's like, I'll bust my brother out of prison by going into the prison with tattoos. Yeah. It's just outrageous. Like the trope is so funny. It's it's outrageous. <laughs> I kept thinking about that this whole time. It's Schofield, man. What a ridiculous, outrageous thing. Um, okay, I've got one last story. All right. Okay. Let's hear it. Another another escape story. Uh, we've had some. You know what? Here's the thing. I put a lot of pressure on myself to find good long stories. Like I love lo- Edison Chen, man. I'm always shooting <laughs> Edison Chen. I peaked. I'm like a child star. I peaked at Edison Chen. Yeah. And it's hard to get back to that again. <laughs> Actually, I'm not gonna lie. I think uh, whenever we do our hype episode, I'll have a good one. I have a nice long okay. one for that. But I've had only a couple of like, short stories these days. So, all right, this story. So. Actually, I don't even have a name for this story. I, I, if I if I tell you the name, it'll give it away. So okay. I can't. Okay. The, the nameless story. The nameless story. So Bertrand Homicil is a French tourist. Um, he is on a ship touring the Indonesian Sea near the island of Lombok. Okay. With many multinational tourists mm-hmm. on that ship, British, uh, Australian, etc. Mostly like European and Western people. Um, so they're touring the Indonesian Sea. The ship in in, at in at one o'clock a.m. on Friday, technically it's Saturday morning, but it's Friday night basically, right? It's Saturday morning, one a.m. The ship struck a reef uh, at that night due to a storm, Mm -hmm. heavy heavy storm. They struck a reef and the ship started to slowly sink. Um, Half of the passengers got in a life raft. Um, to get away, but there wasn't enough room for the other half of the passengers and mm-hmm. some of the crew. And they, they tried. They tried just, okay, let's just wait. And the ship's not like, it's not Titanic. It's not yeah. like going down really fast. Slowly sinking, the water slowly coming okay. in. So they have like several hours before they're going to fully sink. But they realize they're sinking. The other life, you know, the lifeboat goes off on their way because they have to get away from the ship before it, yeah. it takes the life raft with them. So the other passengers wait on the roof of the ship, hoping that help comes. It doesn't come, and they realize they have no choice but to swim for it in the dead of night, in the middle of the Indonesian (laughs) Sea. They see that far in the distance, there is an island. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they decide, all right, we're going to swim for this thing. So... Uh, I don't know how many there were. It didn't specify. Yeah, I was going to say, how many passengers were there? I, I, I can't say, but there's enough. There's quite a few, at least definitely eight or more. Okay. So they jump into the water, and they, in the dead of night, they start swimming towards this island in the middle of a storm with huge waves crashing yeah. against them. You know, And by the way, uh, they start to realize how far away the island is. It actually did take them six hours of swimming Jeez. to get to the island. Yeah. So they were swimming a long time in, in this storm. As they got closer to the island, they realized something very strange about the island. There's smoke coming from the top of the highest mountain. The island was erupting. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. God. No joke. It was a volcanic island, and it was straight up erupting as they were swimming towards it. This is like three hours in of swimming. 
they 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 had no choice. They 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 have to go to the island. Yeah. There's nowhere else. They're exhausted. So they swim the rest of the way to get to the island. They many of them just collapse on the island. They're yeah. exhausted. Um, but they made it. All of them made it to the island. So, you know, it's still early morning Saturday, it's still night, and they're exhausted, they're hungry, they're tired. Uh, what they did was in order to eat, they ate le- leaves. There's no food on the island. Yeah. It's a volcanic island. So they ate leaves from the local plants there, and they drank their own urine to survive. Good. By the way, these are not, like, hardened men. These are just tourists. Like, many of them were just, like, yeah. women. Teen- I mean, I swear some of them, I looked at them, and I, I, and I could totally see them being, like, yeah, mom, thanks a lot. Like, I swear. <laughs> they were, like, teenagers like that on that yeah. boat. So they were just, like regular people wait sorry did i don't know if i missed it what year did this take place this or is did like you say? 2012 2012 mm. <laughs> <It was recent. laughs> yeah okay um so anyway they ate leaves that morning or that night they drank their own urine to survive yeah. Yeah. um and then morning came and as morning came there was another problem of course yeah what they discovered was that particular island, aside from being a volcanic island that was erupting, had a tribe that liked to drink orange soda. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, by the way, I mean, as while there was smoke and lava and everything, it didn't come all the way down to the beach, so they mm. were okay. Yeah. Right? But it was still erupting, which is scary. By the way, did you guys get that reference that I just made or no? The Jack Sparrow reference? Or no. What, what was the reference? From Joe versus the Volcano. I don't know. I, that that I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's a Tom Hanks, yeah. early Tom uh, Hanks Meg Ryan yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, you're totally into that. That's, like, that's your thing. So good. I'll have to check it out. All right. It's a good movie. Anyway, continue. So as morning came, um, they discovered a new problem. Aside from being a volcanic island, they discovered the island was also a Komodo dragon preserve. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm not even joking. Komodo dragons, the one of the most mm-hmm. aggressive animals on Earth. Yeah, they like swarms of Komodo dragons came after them. Oh my god! And they spent the rest of that day and the following Saturday night into Sunday morning fighting Komodo dragons. Oh my god! Like they had sticks and stones. They had to beat them off. They had to get to like high ground on top of rocks and boulders if there were any available. And these Komodo dragons were after them. Oh my god! Um, so they were fighting Komodo dragons for an entire day. And um, then finally, Sunday morning, they were rescued by a passing boat. Yeah. And they were able to get off the island. They also discovered earlier the lifeboat was also rescued. Nobody died or anything like that. Everyone survived. But um, it was a harrowing experience. (laughs) I mean, actually, I mean, just for me, I think the most crazy part was not the shipwreck, but it was swimming to the island Mm. in the night, seeing fire Fire coming coming out in the night. And then waking the up in the morning, yeah, <laughs> waking up in the morning after all of that and discovering, holy shit, there's giant lizards on this island. That's like, uh, wh- how worse could it get? And then it just keeps topping each other. Exactly. Yeah. But hey, it's a hell of a story that you can now look back on and tell yeah. your friends and share yeah, on Facebook. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's God. awesome, though. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Shipwrecked. We swam to an island. It was volcanic, and then we fought freaking dragons. You know that if this actually happened like today or whatever, if people had waterproof phones, they would be Facebooking live that shit. Oh my! Look, a dragon. They would just be like, "Hey," and they'd be, you know, "Ah, selfie." (laughs) It's weird because, like, if you read these stories, like humans just somehow survive somehow, and then you you look 
on the other side of the spectrum is like stupid deaths. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. that's that selfie phenomenon where people just like fall off of like a building. Yeah. Pokemon Go, oh, you fall no. off a cliff. Yeah. That, yeah or no. even just them going next to like a, you know, a river where there's live crocodiles. No like fences are like, oh, I want to get a selfie. And then of course you're going to get bit, you dumbass. Yeah. Harambe. Yeah, yeah. I knew you were going to put it. How will you not put that in? Mike's out for Harambe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, because it's like you look at it as like, yeah, humans could survive a lot, and then yeah. there's just like some humans that make the Darwin Awards and just somehow yeah. off themselves. I mean, sometimes you do what you gotta do to survive. Exactly, Actually, there's a lot yeah. of when it comes to shipwreck stories, especially they say that your body knows how to survive because uh, this one guy was saying how he was shipwrecked for two hundred something days. He was almost like an entire year. He was lost at sea, not shipwrecked, lost at sea. Yeah. Uh, he, I think he was in the middle of the Pacific, but he couldn't find his way. And one of the things was he, you know, he had to fish, kill mm. fish that yeah. were, uh, you know, there's barnacles that were forming on his boat. Oh, wow. Or yeah. his small craft. Yeah. And so ships started, or fish started to come around there. So he'd kill fish to eat. Sharks, of course, came. But um, one thing I remember him saying, though, was that one of the things, the weird things that happens is your body starts to crave things that you're not usually used to craving. And part of the reason for that is because your body knows what nutrients it needs to keep going. Mm. So the way it tells you is by giving you weird cravings. And one of the cravings he had was fish eyes. Like for some reason, he just really wanted to eat those fish eyes. Like he needed them. And so he kept eating them. And apparently there was like a nutrient in there that kept him going. But if you've never tried fish eyes, how would you get a craving for it? I mean, well, I guess that's where it comes to the whole idea of like, like knowledge like, like yeah. innate knowledge that you're that the right. body. like for example there's people who eat dirt sometimes right because there's certain components in dirt that if you know if you have nothing else to eat yeah. and you need it it'll give you that component so hmm. your body knows i mean yeah. basically everybody's brain has a johnson and johnson takes notes and johnson remembers <laughs> johnson it's a, you know what, okay if ryan was here okay. he'd, go. he'd be able to follow that up. basically <laughs> our joke is whenever we make like a reference to remember something we're like hey Write that down, Johnson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at some point, like, oh my gosh, we're sh- we're gonna die. We're lost at sea. Johnson's like, well, actually, do you know that if we ate this, we'd be okay. <laughs> Good thinking, Johnson. It's it's um, funny you say eat dirt because my my late grandpa said that to to my aunt one time to insult her. It was it's like the worst thing you could tell someone. Go eat dirt. <laughs> but, she was upset. But this time, it could save your life. So. Like, yeah. I keep I keep thinking when you said eat dirt, it was like Pokemon that eat dirt. I didn't have to. I was like, dirt. I'm so freaking nerd. I said eat fish eyes. <laughs> no, you said eat dirt too. In the example. Oh, mm-hmm. in the, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You could example. also eat dirt. Yeah. In fish eyes. Um, well, speaking of other escape movies and things like that, have you guys ever seen 127 Hours, the James Franco movie? Um, no. Based off of true events. I, I knew I knew someone that passed out during that movie. Well, when because I, it's so I'll, gruesome. I'll get to that part. But the movie, what it's about is this. I forget the guy's name, but he went on a hike. Um, I think it was in Arizona. Oh, is it the Boulder guy? Yeah, mm, and he got, his arm got caught, and he was stuck there for 127 Dude. hours. The part in the movie where he finally cut through the skin. He was oh. about to cut the nerve, which is going to be the most painful part. The our movie actually had to stop because somebody had a seizure in the theater. Seizure. Dude, seizure. I've never seen this movie, but they actually show everything. They show yeah. it like the, James. Like you see his arm open, and you see he barely. He takes his knife. He barely touches the nerve, and he just yells out in pain because I mean that's where all the mm-hmm. where you get the feeling. And then right as he's about to snap it to to be free, there's kind of like a bright light that comes in. It's from like the sun, 
Um, and actually, a lot of I was reading articles. A lot of people at that scene were passing out or having seizures. Actually, because of the light. Because of the light, mm. for whatever reason, that part huh. where he was about to cut the nerve um, just triggered something for people. It's it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, but I mean, again, you do what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was there for 127 hours, just stuck in between. Well, the something rock. Not, something not so bad to build yourself up to that movie. Watch Castaway when Tom Hanks. There you go. Knocks his cavity his, out. Oh yeah, knocks his tooth out with the the ice ice blade. I couldn't stop laughing when he did that though. <laughs> I don't know for some reason. It's like yeah. Well said. Well said. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, I hope I never find myself in that situation. Yeah. Because uh, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I I like to think I would survive. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty hardened person. I can I can push yeah. myself, but at the same time, I don't know if I can cut my own nerve. I think these days, since we are so pampered with what we know, like technology and all of that stuff, right. I think it's very difficult. I think it would be very difficult for our generation to survive something yes. like that, like our parents' generation and beyond, where they actually would be out playing in nature and figuring stuff out. I think they would have a better chance. But I really think after a while, instinct kicks in. No, that's true, yeah. too. So. Yeah. Anyone, even though they're like pampered, have cell phones and gadgets, eventually right. they're put into that situation, like you J- said right there. They're going to jump right into there. Johnson, Johnson starts getting facts. <laughs> Johnson out. starts getting yeah. knowledge about it. That's true. Yeah. You know what it is? It's, it's, it's because at first you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then eventually you get so desperate that the, the board of executives in your brain, they start <laughs> like, okay. Johnson, we'll listen. Like, what do you, you got to say? <laughs> what do you got, Johnson? Talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me, Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean so you just got to read a lot of stuff now so you can store it away to know how to yeah. survive watch a lot of bear grills mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you'll know how to survive in different temperatures but i, but I love those 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 escape stories especially if, if you guys know about a new show on netflix called the white rabbit project who are like th- three of the people on there used to be on um mythbusters Okay. So every episode they talk about a certain topic. One of the episodes in their first season is actually about prison escapes. So if you guys want to watch something kind of funny and they yeah. kind of reenact some of them to see, to see if <laughs> they reenact the one that was actually about the 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 air air balloon. Oh, okay. Yeah, how it would actually happen if you actually had to do it yourself and it was actually really difficult. Like they actually screwed up. So I don't even know how the two <laughs> men actually went through they with it. They actually flew it out. Right, yeah. yeah. Huh? To check that out. Um, actually, let me ask this: Have you d- have you done escape rooms before, Ken? No, I don't want to pay people to put me in prison. <laughs> <laughs> have you? It's fine, yes. Yeah, I I love they're they're so. I cool. want to do one again. Yeah, we should do a team building. We should do Let's it. Do yeah, it. the one I did was um, you're not only trapped in a room, but it's trapped in a room with a zombie. So oh. there was the added risk of you getting getting bitten, um, mm. and so then you could die. <laughs> our, our one had us like break into like a bank vault i think mm-hmm. and so we had like that whole thing of like trying to like get through the bank vault we had to use like a paper clip to, like get a key out of the thing <laughs> and like it was cool that's cool yeah actually I the, do one. the place that we went to was like a bank that was converted so they actually had like for oh, one nice. of the one of the paths had like a giant safe nice that you had to get through yeah that sounds really cool well they have a lot of themes for it too like yeah. you could, yeah. anything you could think think of they have it yeah I'll look up on Groupon. We'll see if we can let's find do a good it. Deal. It's always on Groupon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, let's. Uh, I mean, you, and usually I think the more people you get, the better. So we can yeah. get Ryan and yeah, a couple other people if we can. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Can he be the zombie? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Ryan? Yeah. Because he's dead? Yeah. <laughs> he's not um, alive. <laughs> well, um, do you guys have anything to share or anything you want to add to? What's going on with you guys? Like anything? Nothing going on. Yeah. Same old, same old. Uh, right for a music website now. Okay, we'll talk. Uh, it's about? called um, weartheguard.com. Uh, I kind of write music reviews for them now. Nice. Okay. Right cool. after news called me a hipster for collecting records. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hey, reached yeah. Out. Maybe I got, this, got Yeah, this job. place reached out to me. I was like, hey. Wait, are you serious? No, I wrote, I'm going to send you that art. I sent you like, I'm going to send you this cover letter I okay. wrote to them about I'm not a hipster douchebag. And that was the, like the title nice. of the thing. And somehow like a week later, I landed a job there. Nice. So you didn't even reference our show. Dude. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I have this. I want jerk to say, ass friend that I wanted called to me say, the hipster douchebag for collecting w- records. <laughs> I wanted to say that the show got you a job. I wanted to be able to say we did something good with this show. Maybe oh. in coming weeks I'll get another job. Yeah. Don't worry about it. What's <laughs> the worst that could happen? Volcanic Island? That's pretty <laughs> bad, man. That's, that's pretty bad. You went to an island, there's fire, and then you fought dragons. Exactly. <laughs> epic. That's like epic level stuff. Let's bring back TNT. <laughs> That was, that was a real D&D story. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. wonder what happened to the people after. They probably went back to their lives. I mean, the funny thing is the, the people on the lifeboat, I mean, I, I think what happened, no, they did crash onto an island also, but they were fine. Like, they just waited for somebody <laughs> yeah. to pick them up. Like, lounging yeah. by I coconut mean, drinks. You know it is? It's, yeah. that, it's that thing from Jurassic Park where, like, there's two islands mm-hmm. and one of them's a safe island and yeah. one of them is like, like, that's not Isla Sorna. This is Isla Nublar. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like the thing that the, the, the group gets separated. One goes on the good path. One goes on yeah, the really exactly. terror, terrible path. Yeah. Oh, no. They had all the, the, the coconuts and the, the, the parrots. That, the hammocks. Yeah, the hammocks. What, what is this place? It's a lizard cage. <laughs> For what? <laughs> you know, like the whole Jurassic Park yeah. bird cage thing. No, what was that movie where? Where's that movie? Was it was it Deep Blue Sea or it was something where they actually at the end they landed on an island and then okay that's cool we're on an island oh and my then gosh yeah yeah what is that and then there's like this big thing underground that was trying to get them I was like oh crap and then the movie just ends right there dude by the way you just reminded me of definitely a topic that I want to do have you guys ever heard do not look this up if I, if I mention this <laughs> do not look this up I want to talk about it have you guys ever heard of a uh, show called The Colony. No. I've heard of it. Okay, don't don't talk about it then. But I, I, I want to talk about the colony because the colony is like some pretty that is good stuff. That's good okay. material. Okay, so that's your signal boost. Do you have nothing to signal boost? No. Restaurant doing okay. Everything. Uh, well, our storefront is currently closed. Okay. Um, but we are still taking orders. Okay, there you go. And donations. So if, if people want to place an order for anything, wedding yeah. season is ramping up. So you know. What is the information? To- um, are the Business name is the French Confection Company uh, or the French Confection Co. Um, our website is thefrenchconfectionco.com. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram, and you can see all of our different stuff that we've done before. And uh, also, please follow Ryan Usher Dead on Instagram yes. and Twitter. Our Instagram is Ryan and Usher Dead. Our, I think that's it, right? Yeah. yeah and then Twitter. Twitter is Ryan at Ryan and Noosh. And then our um, email, if you want to email us at all, is uh, Ryan and Noosh are dead at gmail.com. And our Facebook is um, just Ryan Noosh or Dead. Yeah, facebook.com slash Ryan Noosh. Our Dead. Our Dead. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, I have nothing to signal boost aside from just, I, I think I mentioned to you guys, I'm representing Cal State Dominguez Hills on April 28th and 29th 
at a statewide research competition. So I'll be awesome. presenting my research. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out what the next steps are. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get this research somewhere. So <laughs> let's see how that goes. But um, yeah, that's about it. So uh, thank you again, everyone, for joining us for another episode. Um, we'll be back next week with more topics and hopefully a fourth person who's <laughs> not here Hopefully Ryan will come back from the dead. Yeah. If not, Ken will be back. Again. I mean, well, whether or not, you should just come back because yeah, it just comes as well. I mean, honestly, even if we get other guests, we can have five people on the yeah. show. So if, whenever you want to come, Ken, just come. At, at this point, I think <laughs> that it's safe to say Ken is like the fourth person. Just come whenever you can. Anytime. I'm the fourth beetle. I'm never, yeah. <laughs> Ken, I am, I'm officially telling you this. I am never going to reach out to you to invite you. It is an open invitation. Anytime, Tuesday, 7 p.m., you're welcome to come out. All right. Yeah, this is coming from the guy that forgot to invite me to his birthday. Coming? No, that, I did. He forgot. Ryan forgot. Not me. He invited me like 15 minutes before midnight. <laughs> Jerk. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Our ending song today is going to be Together by Third Prototype. So uh, we will see you next week, and uh, have a good one.
Ryan and Usher Dead is made possible thanks to KDHR, the student-operated radio station of California State University, Dominguez Hills. For more information about KDHR, please visit www.kdhr.net. The intro song for this show is Space Ace by Blind. This music is made available thanks to Overclocked Remix. For more information, please visit ocremix.org.